of the Distraction Pieces podcast. I literally seconds ago said this is the end of part one. I've not even stood up. I'm just continuing on. Um, So this is still episode 35. This is just episode 35, part two. I'm doing the Ask Me Anything. I'm doing the Ask Pip. Um, A lot of questions to get through. I thought we'd do more. Last time I split it into two, we never ended up using the second one. So this will be two in one day. Again, this is a habit of ours. Um... But yeah, continuing on, obviously this is at the start again, I guess, so I should mention Speech Development Records. Go and buy our stuff. Go to speechdevelopmentrecords.com and check out all of our wonderful merch. I recommend a vest, man. Sun's out, gun's out, guys. You know, everyone likes a vest. And I've got this new design from Mr. Heggy, who is a master. I recommend you just check out Mr. Heggy in general. Dude's a beast. Um, Yeah. SpeechDevelopmentRecords.com. I told you about it all in the last podcast. Let's just get straight into this one. We're going to start with a question from Ty Tootle. Because <laughs> that's a hell of a name right there. Um, if Prince made a public announcement that he'd only allow one song from his entire discography to ever be available again and there was a vote on it, what song would you pick? That is a horrible question. I would not engage in these things. I would not take part in this. Um the Ballad of Dorothy Parker is a favourite of mine. Um, Darling Nikki is a favourite of mine. Purple Rain is a favourite of mine. Um, there's too many. Don't be a dick about it, man. Um, yeah, I honestly couldn't pick Son of the Times. There's so many bangers. So I would refuse to engage and kill myself. Nathy Poo Hamzilla, if that's your real name. What are your views on the profit before planet mindset and your views in general about conservation, etc.? Do you really want to go into this? Do you really want to go into this? Um, I've got a lot of views. I'm not going to go into too much detail. All I will say, I guess, is that I hope we never make it off the planet. Um, It's just my personal view. I think people forget a lot of the time. And again, this is just the end of a two hour conversation. I was, I was out the other night with, with Mark Irvine and Chris Glaston and we had a literally a two hour discussion on this subject. And the main, my main point in that is the, we forget that humans are just another animal. And if we became extinct, it wouldn't be that big a deal. You know, animals become extinct, species become extinct every day, constantly. There's another animal becoming extinct. Um, I don't think it's in our nature to learn in the way we would need to. Uh, You know, we've done a lot of damage to this planet. At some point, I think we'll all die. And that's fine. You know, there's, 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 there's nothing wrong with that. That, you know, the world, life essence will go on and on and on and on. Um, So, yeah, I'm kind of cool with that. But I think if we, do get to another planet I think rather than learn from our mistakes on this planet we'd learn from some Uh, but I mean we're already aware that we've fucked the planet up um, and it's getting worse and worse and all the things that have happened and all the things that we can see clearly doing damage and getting to the point of no return haven't taught us 
it will take you know a lot of death for us to pay attention and i think again if we escape to another planet then essentially we will go well you know we've got to correct some of our mistakes but you know we did find another planet in the end so if we fuck things up too much we can probably just go off again um so yeah my wish um not not in the near future but my wish is that some point uh we call it a day and we hand over to another um species or organism or whatever it is to uh, have the rule of the roost uh, yeah, it's depressing isn't it you don't want to have a, a, a night out with me I guarantee it Ben Thornton Harwood what are your thoughts on Watchmen the movie versus the original graphic novel I love both but know they can be div- that they can divide fans either way I agree with you my friend I love both too I think they're very different in fact fuck that's just what we were discussing it's weird that that comes about. The Watchman um, is by Alan Moore and is one of the best gr- gr- graphic novels ever. It's one of the best books I've ever read. And in that, the, the supervillain... Oh, I don't want to give spoilers. Fuck you. You, sh- you should have read it. God, it's been out ages. Um, the supervillain is attempting to wipe out, you know, half of the world's population. And the kind of bit it reveals at the end is he's actually just not a villain. He's the most intelligent m- man in the world. And the fact is, we are, our planet is made probably to sustain a, a, a billion people. A billion, I think, is the nearest estimate that people come to of what we're meant to sustain. So, overpopulation is the biggest threat to, to, to mankind in every way. You, you, you want to talk about pollution? Pollution is due to overpopulation. There's too many of us dr- driving cars, etc., etc., just living and existing. Crops, everything else. Every problem that you can come up with for mankind has its roots in overpopulation. So his thing is that he's going to kill millions of people, or or billions of people, sorry, um, to save mankind. Anyway, I like the film and the book. (laughs) But yeah, it's just weird that 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 relates. That truly is all that could save us is a whole lot of deaths. The solution um, is even uglier than the the problem. but yeah, The Watchmen is amazing. I thought the film was was really good. I get why people hated it, because it's, it's a book that could never be turned into a film and make everyone happy, if you know what I mean. It's fucking amazing, dude. It's, it's, it's a graphic novel, but it's got case notes in there. It's got f- file. It's got tons of information for you to just get through that you couldn't present in, in a film. It's, it's such a creative... A use of the medium um but i really enjoyed the film i thought it was cool I re- yeah i've watched it a lot of times driftus maximus if that's your real name um i previously asked what you look for in an instrumental um that you work with that didn't get selected so maybe i'll ask how you keep motivated how you keep motivation so high to keep working so hard and do so many things um Boredom. I've lived in the same small town in Essex my whole life, and I think there's there should be nothing more motivation than having fuck all to do. Um, equally, excitement. That's you know that's going on the the polar opposite. I I get the I'm stunned that, at the opportunities I have. I'm stunned that I get to do a podcast that goes out to so many people. Um, yeah, it's really exciting to me. So I get to jump between things. In instrumentals, it really varies. It's just it's just that vibe. Dan Lassac, um 
will have more knowledge of this than anyone else of how odd I am with stuff. Um, he'll send me like 30 beats and I'll be like, dude, that one track's awesome. And it's, you know, I'm not meaning to be insulting because the rest of them are pretty cool, but it'll just be, there'll be something that just grabs me and then he'll tend to then tailor other stuff in that direction. Go, right, this is the vibe he's on at the moment. Cool. Well, this could work and this could work and stuff like that. So it's really that indescribable um, element, I guess. Darren McCoffee, I think that, that might be how you spell it, say, what's your favourite music video of of my vi- of, of our videos? Um, well, from Introduction onwards, I was I was the director. Um, Introduction meant the world to me. Introduction's Stunner and Gold and uh, You Will See Me, battle it out for my favourites. Introduction's Stunner because they're one shots and I'm a nerd for a one shot. And you will see me because of the the learning to rap backwards and yeah, but but thou shout, I meant the world. That was the video that changed our lives and all the ones are with Nick Frew. So Nick Frew directed, a thou shalt always kill, a look for the woman. Was that it? And beat them heart skipped. And again, he's yeah, he's responsible for a lot of our careers. An amazing director. I learnt a huge amount from him. Um, so yeah. I I like all our videos, man. I'm really proud that we've got to do a lot of cool shit over the years and work with a lot of cool people. So, yeah. In fact, I will say now a quick shout out. If you're after a music video, Tom Coles, who who has either filmed or co-directed every video since um, Introduction, excluding a no Nimbus. Um, Tom Coles, he's an amazing director. Um, He works great with... Uh, budgets I would suggest you look him up or check him out um if you're in a band say there's four of you and you're serious about it what say you can work hard and scrape together 100 pound each 150 pound each you're starting to look like a you know a still incredibly low budget video you know if you can get more that's better if you can get say 250 each then you've got a grand to work with you can get some shit done. But as I said, even if you're looking at 500s, 600s, 700s, depending on the idea, it could be doable. Um, so yeah, I'd recommend you check Tom Coles out and see what's going down. Dan Cox, as an MMA fan, do you think that now more than ever it has become an increasingly more important sport? These days with star names like Rousey and McGregor and newly signed CM Punk, it seems to be outshining boxing, etc. Yeah, I think it's the best sport in the world. I think it's going to continue to grow. I think it's one of the most uh, misunderstood sports in the world. Um, I did a joke um, post about about Mayweather and the joke was in the UFC, they strip you of your belt when you hit and run. That was obviously playing on the fact that he's an evasive boxer i've discussed in the previous podcast i'm a fan of him but it's also addressing john jones who's arguably the best mma fighter in the world at the moment has just been stripped of his belt and suspended because he he had a hit and run um incident um so it was a joke on that but i had a guy just getting really angry because because boxing fans get crazy defensive and think again his thing was oh yeah like i don't think that you can intelligently argue that 
a boxing has more skill than mixed martial arts. And that's not a slight on boxing in any way. Boxing has a huge amount of skill. But because mixed martial arts, again, people don't realise, people think cage fighting is just guys getting each other on the ground and beating the shit out of each other or something like that. Or just, it's not. I mean, just adding kicks just means there's there's more of a skill set to learn and take in and more technicality. You've got to be... I learn to use kicks and to avoid and, and to defend kicks. So already that's that's has to be more technical uh, and more of a a, a deeper skill set than boxing. Then let's add takedowns, just takedowns. You've now got to either learn to do takedowns or learn to defend takedowns. Again, more to learn, more of a skill. And then you get into the ground game and that's a chess game in itself. You've got submissions, you've got passes, you've got all sorts of... It's a back and forth battle of of, of, of calmness. Um, a Brazilian jiu-jitsu, I was listening to the Joe Rogan podcast with Eddie Bravo and James... No, not James Tony. Yeah, uh, G- Gary Tonin. Um, sorry. Um who are all, all, all great at BJJ as well, um, and le- legends in BJJ, some of them. And they were saying how people are often shocked in Brazilian ju- jiu-jitsu when you see that it's not just a load of meatheads and a lot of the best Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioners in the world l- look like they'd come round and fix your computer. Um, and there's total logic in that. It makes complete sense if you understand it as a sport because in reality, a Brazilian jiu-jitsu is complex problem solving under extreme pressure um a brazilian jiu-jitsu isn't about punching like this is the submission game part of uh part of mixed martial arts it's yeah it's complex you know you, that guy is on top of you inside control for example you need to get out of that but you need to also make sure your legs are stopping his legs from going over you and getting a full mount. So you might want to tease him into that or lure him in off, 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 off fake so he goes for it and he's off balance and you can um, spin out and scoot out for under. You might want to hook him back into half guard. Um, you know, there's a million of things. You might want to go for a submission. He's also going to be going for submission. There's so That's the pure basic, tiny uh, one consideration. There's so many different complex considerations in there. And um, I've I've trained in it a, a small amount, like, uh, you know, but my training greedily has never been to be able to tap people out or to be the best in the world or to kick people's asses. It's to make my enjoyment of watching it heightened, you know, a greater knowledge of what is going on there hugely improves your uh, enjoyment of the sport and the as a as a as a viewer um but yeah there we go uh, luke foreign i uh, watch your favorite tv show answer that one earlier i don't know why i like that sam marshall my boy sam marshall big sh- uh, uh, sh- shout out um runs a pub and a cross fit uh, place up in newcastle or chesterley street or whatever it's called i don't even know i've seen it written down when are you going to start CrossFit? Well, damn right. I'd, I'd think CrossFit's fascinating. Um, I'd, a lot of people are shocked to hear that I'm quite into fitness at the moment and exercise. Um, I go in and out of how strong my diet is or how, how dedicated I am to it, but I'm a big believer um, in, in physical health being hugely important in life. Um, 
for productivity, for, for just everything psychologically. I, I, for me, it's an important thing, and I think it's never a bad thing for more people to get into. I think CrossFit's fascinating because it's it's the kind of fitness I'm into. It's, it's functional. It's not just sitting at a weight machine and and getting bulgy and biceps. It's it's building yourself up with functional strength and functional fitness. Um, and the fact is, Sam Marshall, I'm having some building work done out the back of my house. <laughs> and when that's done in like a month or two, I plan to build a little gym there and have kind of a space that I hopefully will be doing cr- CrossFit in. Um, I'd love to t- talk to people about that, about what I should get. I'd love to have someone on the podcast at some point. Because again, I think people will be surprised, even if, you, if you're not into fitness. I think it's a, f- a fascinating thing of how the body works, how how, how nutrition works, how, how complicated it all is and complex it all is. And yeah, um, so, so maybe we'll have some kind of podcast on CrossFit or maybe I'll just try and hit people up and try and get some recommendations and by recommendations I mean endorsements and freebies um make no mistake about it um yeah but yeah uh, uh, dude trust me I'm dying to get into that so as soon as I can Matt Red Turner if that's your real name um what would you say if you ever came face to face with the creator of the universe assuming for argument's sake there is one then he says, I assume you've seen Stephen Fry's magnificent answer. How can you have seen Stephen Fry's answer and give any other answer? It's beautiful. If you've not seen it, I can't think who the interviews were. I'm sure it was in Ireland. It's amazing because he just says he would be... Because Stephen uh, doesn't believe in God necessarily, but he says, if I did, if there is the God of Catholicism, I would be furious to meet him um because i would see him as a despicable person for for allowing all the atrocities in the world if he truly is omnipotent and all-powerful um you know he gives the example of i think a bone cancer in children you know in babies and, and stuff like that and just horrible things that are in this world that if you believe that system then there's a guy that's chosen to make that happen. Um, that insect, again, I think this is examples he gives, where I might have heard on a podcast, the insect that its sole existence is to plant its eggs in, 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 in the eyes of humans and then they get born and eat away, you know, everything from the inside if you believe in that Catholicism system or that version of God, he invented that. He had a choice. He, he he had a choice to go, right, I'll tell you what this world needs. Some kind of fucked up horrible creature that plants eggs in your eyes, then its babies eat your fucking brain from the inside. I may be getting this slightly wrong, but you get the, you get the gist of it. Um, Let's go off on a tangent because I don't offend anyone again. I don't have my beliefs, but everyone can do what the fuck they want. I don't care what your beliefs are. Um, and I don't mean that in an insulting way. I mean that in I don't care. Um, a letter from God to man. A lot of people say it'd be great to hear a letter from, from, from man to God. I think I mentioned this in the past podcast, maybe. I've probably mentioned it at some point, but someone fascinatingly pointed out, and I mean the fascination that sounded um, sarcastic, when 
you will see me came out that that reads word for word as a letter from man back to God. And I think that's fucking amazing. It's why I have no plans to do a letter from man to God. I did at one point and someone just just pointed out that I've subconsciously already written that. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, Matt Red Turner again. Well, what's the thing that makes you happiest in the world and why do you even know as it's a hard question to ask? Um, conversely, what makes you saddest and why? Man, I ain't going to go into the shit that makes me sad because we don't need to get into that. Um, life can be a piece of shit sometimes. And yeah, again, there's a lot I'd have to argue with the man upstairs with if we came face to face. Um, happiest though, this again, I've not particularly got a thing that makes me happiest in in general. Dude, there's points in my career that just the, I get to do the craziest things. I'm the, the luckiest dude. Um, so yeah, there's there's loads of happiest. But I realised years ago, I was thinking back on this kind of subject and I was thinking, what has the happiest moment of my life been? I think I've told this on the podcast as well. Shit. Um, it's hard to remember. Um, and I realised that the happiest I've ever been is when... I went to Pizza Hut as a child. Number one, I fucking love pizza. Pizza would be up there with with my happiest things. Um, so I was, and they at that time they had a Land Before Time hand puppets, and man, I loved them. I loved the Land Before Time pizza and dinosaurs. What is not to like? I'm sure I had ice cream as well. You know, I mean. It was weird to realise that was my happiest... Like, I realised that's that's the happiest of, of, of complete joy. I remember being so happy in that moment. It's weird to realise that that was it because it's such an odd, simple thing. But when you really think about it, what's not to fucking love? I got pizza, I got ice cream, and I got fucking rubber hand puppets of dinosaurs. It's awesome. Um, so in celebration of that a while back, I went on eBay and found... Um, those hand puppets and bought them and I have them um, in my bedroom at the moment they're going to be in the studio when the studio gets built um, yeah so I got them as a kind of tri- a tribute to to, to, to happiness R- Robert Samuel Rock if that's your real name what did you think of Avengers Age of Ultron and when Captain America Civil War comes out whose side are you on dude I loved Age of Ultron I'm loving all the, all the superhero um, movies at the moment last year for my birthday I got to go and see Guardians of the Galaxy it was my one day off I came back from Camp Festival and went out and had, had, had one day off at Guardians of the Galaxy and it was amazing particularly at that point I didn't think they could get any better because I thought the Avengers had been great I think everything they'd done all the separate ones were great but now a year on you know the new Avengers was fucking awesome um I didn't spoiler alert I didn't know a vision was going to be in there so I shit my pants as soon as he popped up um yeah I loved it I think they absolutely nailed it I thought the after the credits bit was I mean man that was so lazy but it's all you needed it was so simple it just made me so buzzed I can't wait for all of them Daredevil as I mentioned before was awesome I love Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I think that's the shit I like it when they kind of bring and hint at they had the Deathlock thing coming through previously they kind of I think they're hinting at the Inhumans and stuff like that down the line but yeah I've rated it I've rate all of them I can't wait 
for Spider-Man to come into it. Here's a little theory, and this isn't any inside uh, knowledge. I remember reading an article ages ago saying that there was rumours that Tom Hardy was going to be the uh, the new Spider-Man. And I think Tom Hardy is one of the the best that's ever done it. I really rate him hugely. But I wasn't pleased at that because I thought, shit, him as Peter Parker is it's weird. They've since announced that I think that they're going young with Peter Parker, so it's going to be a young Parker, which again, I mean, with Civil War and and shit like that, Spider-Man being the the kind of novice and joking away, um, but then have an important role, obviously. It fits... And it got me excited because I thought, what if that rumour of Tom Hardy wasn't just just, just bullshit? Because how good would Tom Hardy be as Eddie Brock, as Venom? Damn, son, that'd be good. I would love Tom Hardy as Venom. Um, but Captain America's as Civil War, of course I can't wait. And they've nailed it as well because I enjoyed the first two Captain America films, but I was like, oh, I don't know if I really need a third one. And then they're like, oh, no, it's Civil War. It's like, oh, okay, we can do with that. Whose side do you want? I'm on the side of the cinema-going public, ladies and gentlemen. He's asking whose side am I on because it's kind of Iron Man v Captain America. I'm on the side of the cinema-going public. It's going to be an amazing experience. I cannot wait. 2018, right, I think? Um, yeah. Can't wait. Gustav Nordborn. Growing up, did you have any favourite poets or poems? No, I wasn't into it. I had favourite rappers and favourite MCs. Just wasn't into it. I kind of got into spoken word out of, out of a necessity rather than love. Um, this is going to be a shorter one than the last podcast. I'm saying that for you listeners as much as I am for, for Wargi, who's editing and probably going oh god this is going on so long um yeah I just wasn't into it I got into spoken word because I didn't have anyone to be in a band with and I didn't particularly have any producers so spoken word was something I could do off my own back I didn't have to rely on anyone else um I could go into London and I'd hit like three three or four open mics a week if I could I'd go to so many and just be out there and about and getting experience and getting in there um so yeah that's that Richard Juice Leonard. I'm going to lose my voice soon, so um, I really am going to have to rush through this. Three people, dead or alive, dream dinner guests. Right, I would pick... Oh, Jeremy Clarkson. Um, That... What's her name? Katie Hopkins. And... That Sky News presenter, the woman who is just absolutely abhorrent. Um, I did a post about her, but I can't think of her name. Um, hang on, I'm going to go through my Instagram. So, Clarkson. Um, this is me st- st- stalling while I try and find my um, post. It was ages ago. Clarkson, Katie Hopkins, who is constantly all over the press, and Kay Burley. Um, so that's who I would choose, and I would choose dead. Um, next question, Joe Tucker, Marvel or DC, and how do you feel the movie industries are doing putting the comics on the screen? Kind of just talked about this. I think they're doing a fucking awesome job. I think Marvel have been killing it. To be honest, I think Daredevil was has really been the one t- where they've gone, yeah, no, we do have this on, on, on lockdown. I think a lot of people have... F- f- um, 
flopping or a, a, a flip flopping on and off or what? Unsure on Gotham. I think it's decent. I loved Arrow. I think Arrow's the shit. Um, Flash. I lost interest in, but it was good. I just haven't got a lot of time for all of the TV shows. Um, I think they're killing it. I'm ex- the Batman versus Superman trailer didn't excite me that much, but I think Affleck is the shit. So I think they're going to do got good job. The leaks of pictures from the, the Suicide Squad recently look amazing. So I'm looking forward to that. There's a lot of good good shit going on, man. It's a good it's a good time to be a comic book fan. Next question. Hannah Griffiths, have you ever considered interviewing a normal, i.e. non-celebrity politician, etc., for a podcast? I'd be interested in hearing some of your listeners' stories. A few people often mention this. It's a tough one. It's a, it's, it's a really tough one. I put this out every week. Um, I try and keep a really high standard. If I start picking people at random... I don't know how that's going to go, particularly if they're my fans. You know, it might not end up being the most fl- fluid or interesting of interviews. It's, it's 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 a tough one. Equally, I've got a backlog so long now of people I'm excited to, to, to get on. And not everyone is, is famous. Again, I'm going to have um, Paul from the Prince Charles Cinema. I've had full facts to org. I've had, had Simon Singh. I'm, I'm hoping to get... Um, Gabrielle Walker, who is is famous in her own right as well, but you know a lot of my fan base, I, I won't have heard of her. Um, ben Goldacre, tons of just really interesting people. Um, so yeah, I kind of there's kind of too many people there that I'm really excited to talk about and want to get their stories out to roll the dice too often because again, I think it'd take a few tries as well to just do pick a person at random and talk to them because. Yeah, I I don't know. It's 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 a risky one, and you know I can't prepare that much because I can't if I don't know them um, or know about them. But yeah, it's a good it's a good question. I get asked it a lot, but I try to select people I think I could do a good interview with. So it's not always if you are hitting me up about someone to be in the podcast and I don't respond, it's not necessarily because I hate that person or because I think I think they're shit. It's just because I think right, I'm not the one to uh, to nail. that interview um similar with the politicians i touched on it in the last one i had i didn't get to the end of the the tale in fact a lot of people ask me to have politicians on i don't think i'm politically savvy enough of the the current um topics and themes and and um things like that to give a good a good interview there's people who can do it better so yeah that's that um jim alexander no idea what that surname is. Do you think MMA will ever reach the, the levels boxing has financially? Is there a $500 million cage fight way beyond anything MMA can hope to achieve? Or is a... Again, I think it's interesting. It's Floyd Mayweather is an exception. To, he's, he's a true exception to the rule. I think MMA in general, you know, there's a lot of fights out there that are a lot bigger than a lot of boxing fights Floyd Pacquiao, it was a long time in the making. It's an exception to the rule. Aldo McGregor is, again, I really, who was it? I think it was Brendan Schaub on the on, on the Fighter and the Kid podcast, which I recommend highly, said, um, and again, as a fan of boxing as well, this was before the Mayweather Pacquiao fight. He said, go and watch the, the Mayweather Pacquiao fight and enjoy it, but agree as well to watch Aldo McGregor 
and tell me which one is more exciting and more of a a buzz. And again, I agree with that. This is before the fight happened. um, And as a fan of both sports, you know, but yeah, I agree with that anyway. Uh, Matt Holland, uh, which move in jiu-jitsu do you have most success with and which can you not get to work? Um, Always like a Kimura. Um, Just an arm triangle. I get a nice, you know, head and arm type um, chokes as well. I like, yeah, I don't know. There's a few I like. I struggle hugely with, um, I was out in, in LA and I went to roll at 10th, planet with the g eddie bravo and we were doing um a a japanese necktie that week and i could just not cinch it up and lock it on it was kind of i just i don't know i couldn't couldn't get the angle i I feel in that situation my limbs were the length of my limbs was a disadvantage in general in in bjj i'm long and gangly that's that should be gold. But in this situation, I felt if I was a little bit stockier, I could have locked in tighter. Um, but yeah. Um, Keith Lewis, what are your thoughts on touring in the States? I've loved touring in the States, man. Um, we did, and me and Dan had a crazy run out there where we did, I think it was 20, I tell this, I change this every time. I think it was actually 23 shows in 24 days. And on the day off, we did the Carson Daily Show. And we went all over the place. It was break, it was killer. You know, I wanted to stop doing music for a while during that time because it was so hard work, such hard work. But yeah, I loved it. I had some great shows outside of that in um, South by Southwest. And in, in New York, we played the Mercury Lounge a load of times. In LA, a load of times. Um I plan to get out there again when my solo record's done. So that's definitely on the cards, on the table, in the plans. But I don't plan on touring anywhere for at least a year at the moment. And that could go longer and longer. Who knows? Speaking of touring, Chris Jones with a little question here. I'll give you a little insight. This is probably going to be a loaded question as Chris Jones is um has been our sound man at times our tour manager at times he's a great dude him um along with Oliver Long and Oliver Sucklin oh who's given a little comment here as well um we're our kind of team on that last tour they're great people touring can get a bit monotonous at times what do you do to keep it fresh what's your favorite tour gag by which i don't mean a joke about touring i mean a running joke within the tour group he's he's leaning to several of my annoying things i i like to say um i like to answer time you got to watch to absolutely any question when it doesn't work at all. I say that constantly to everyone. It's incredibly annoying and they hate me for it. Um, I can't... I was going to reveal the classic Strange Famous tour gag, but I can't do it. It's an initiation thing. Either you know or you know. You you know, either you know or you you don't know. So I can't reveal that. But yeah, time you've got to watch. Um, I say a lot. um, I take... a credit for stuff. Again, you kind of go a bit de- delirious on tour. You spend a lot of time in the van. Which is someone will say like, man, this, this, uh, this view is beautiful, isn't it? And I'll say, thank you very much. Or, you know, I'll, I'll kind of, I'll take credit. I'll take credit for stuff that is nothing is, you know, it's not possible for it to be anything to do with me. So, 
there's a few things like that. Um, I won't go into detail on any more, Chris. I would simply say ride on, my friend. Ride on. Darren Vincent Graham, how would you suggest someone get started in the spoken word scene? I tried to write and get good feedback and now want to get my art out there. My suggestion would be get your fucking art out there then, son, in any way and every way you can. You cannot be be lazy in this game. Um, as said, I mentioned before, I went... Yeah, I'd, I'd hit four or five, three, four, five open mic nights a week. Um, I'd go to as much as I can, just get out in front of as many people as I can to hone it. I'd put things up on YouTube. I'd record things and put things on MySpace at the time. I'd be flyering. I'd be, yeah, just hitting every angle. I think people sometimes think that you can either go, right, I'll either hit online or I'll hit live or whatever. Just hit every angle, man. Just get out there and and do it start your own spoken word night start your own spoken word scene the nights I used to go to in Southend at times would have four or five people including the poets um that's not a lot to start a scene I'm sure Darren Vincent Graham you've got more than four or five friends so if you were to find a pub that had a spare room above it and you could say look on Wednesday night I'd like to run a spoken word night here can we use your room for free because I'll be bringing in extra people on a quiet night who will be drinking from your bar let's see what we can do so yeah there you go David Fairweather you've mentioned a few times that you don't feel a record is really finished until after it's been toured for a year or so ever thought about recording re-recording tracks or a whole album or even touring then touring an album before releasing it it's all kind of tough um number one there's rarely an album that you would play all the songs off of live. Equally, if someone comes to see me live, I want them to have a really good night and get get everything they pay for. We don't have m- many people. I'd say I can literally count on my hand how many people have complained to me after a gig that they weren't happy. And that's not being arrogant. That's just you know we try to be, I try to be attentive to the crowd's needs. Um, so yeah, if you came to see me and I only played songs you've never heard and and some of them album tracks that aren't really the right vibe for live that'd be shit kind of it'd feel arrogant of me to think I can pull that shit so um I wouldn't be keen on that and re-recording tracks it'd feel a little bit like we're just cashing in a bit and going oh here's here's a new version pay for it again cheers um the fact is I say an album isn't finished until after it's been toured for a year or so but I don't say that as a gripe or with any issue with that. You know, I again, and maybe that's selfish, I don't sit there uh, listening to my own records. Um, it's finished after a while of touring and then I play it every night on the road and that's 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 that uh, that record. For those people there, there right now, that's, that's it. Um, John Plested. There's a lot of MMA questions. I apologise for... A friend who isn't into MMA, but it's awesome. So fuck you. What's your take on John Jones and what he did? And do you think Vandalay Silva's a lifetime ban will stick? I think Vandalay's a lifetime ban will. Um, I mean, there's a good chance it will just stick by default because he's not a young man, so he wouldn't have had many years left in the cage. John Jones again, just just quick recap for everyone. John Jones is possibly the greatest MMA fighter in the world. 
right now. He's had numerous issues in the past. He's been he's had a DUI. He, again, he got hugely successful at a very a young age. He's had a DUI. He popped for cocaine, and then just 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 recently, he's allegedly crashed his car after jumping a red light. He crashed into a pregnant a woman who broke her arm. He then ran from the scene and didn't show up for about 48 hours. Obviously, the question there being when everything, anything he could have been on, whether it be drink, drugs or whatever, could got out of his system. So the UFC have stripped him of his title and suspended him indefinitely. I think they've done the right thing there for his own good too. I think, you know, I can't hate on him too much because... I can't imagine how it must affect you to be the toughest dude on the planet, <laughs> essentially, to be, be going in the cage with straight killers and just tearing them apart, you know. So, of course, he's not going to have his, you know, it, it, it would be easy for his head to not be too comfortable on his shoulders. Um, I guess he needs some time away from shit. And that's what is, is happening by default now. So, yeah. Joseph Ewing, as a poet, how did you get your start in the music industry? Um, don't really see myself as a poet. I just do stuff. So it kind of all came came naturally and at once. I didn't actively, I don't know, I just did my thing and worked hard at it. Um, I'd probably have a, a better answer to that if I hadn't been talking for like hours now. Um, I'm going to do what? One last question, then wrap this up because that's two podcasts in one day, and that's a lot for you to to, to listen to or take in. Richard Dicky O'Hara, when are you releasing something new? Well, there you go. That's a great one to end on. I just released a new t shirt design that's worth a look. Um, It's at speech development uh, records.com. Check it out. I plan to also release soon. a t-shirt design exclusive to the podcast um, that will only be available to podcast uh, listeners. I won't put the post on Twitter or Instagram. It will just be for you guys. Um, Also, on July 10th, I'm releasing B. Dolan's album, Kill the Wolf, which is the best rap album you're going to hear this year. It's fucking amazing. Um, So for sure, check that out. Um, But you're probably talking about my own music. The, the, The simple and vague answer to that is when it's ready. As I've said before, this might be my last record. I ain't rushing shit, you know. I, I want this to be the, the best record I've done. And that sounds like a tough task or a bold claim, but I want this to be the, yeah, the, the best record I've done. So I'm going to take my time on it and make it work. So, yeah, I'm hoping it will... The original plan was 2016, a few projects have come into my path that, again, I can't talk about yet this year that may push that back further. Um, a few things, again, just life's happened too. I've had some shit going on in my personal life. I've moved house. Things like that have taken a longer than I expected, so that pushes things further and further. So, yeah, who knows? But um, there will be another record. I just have no idea when it will be. That's the end. My voice is done. I'm going to head round to my mum's for some dinner because I've not seen her in a bit. And I've got a rare free evening. Thank you very much for tuning in to the Distraction Pieces podcast. Back Next week, I promise we will be back to one a week. This is getting silly. This is twice in a row now we've had a double podcast. Jesus, 
That is just unreasonable. Um, but yeah, thank you very much for tuning in. I'd recommend you check others out. If, you, if you've only tuned in for the Scroobius Pip one, um, please, I mean, I'd ask you to just pick one and just give it t- 20 minutes and, s- and see what you think because things like the Killer Mike one, I mean, we've had Billy Bragg, we've had Killer Mike, we've had Alan Moore, we've had Russell Brand, we've had so many good people on here. Um, we've had Josie Long, we've had... S- Sarah Pascoe, that's actually one that a lot of people pick as their favourite, so check Sarah's out. Or, as said, the incredibly important one with Eddie Temple Morris where we discuss um, the high suicide rate in in males um, in this country and in depression and and the the lack of ability men seem to have to talk about these things. So, yeah, please check more out. Um, Subscribe that'd be good on iTunes R- reviews as well. I forget to mention a reviews. It helps. It makes iTunes aware that we are, um, giving you what you want and it's going down a, a, a well, you know, I really want to push this out more and more in, in America and Australia and places. I like that. We do have a lot of listeners there. There's a few thousand in each place. So spread the word specifically out there if you can and review and give, 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 give ratings and everything. If you can out there on iTunes, it makes a difference, um, on Acast and any of these places. So yeah, thank you for supporting. Check us out. This has been episode 35 of the Distraction Pieces podcast, part two. I'm Scroobius Pip at Scroobius Pip on Twitter and Instagram or Facebook.com slash Scroobius Pip or YouTube.com slash Scroobius Pip or just speechdevelopmentrecords.com or scroobiuspip.co.uk, any of the above. See you next week, guys. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to Scrooge Pit's Discretion Pieces.